Hey everybody, I want to talk about a product and platform that I absolutely love and our latest sponsor, Interseller, the prospecting and outreach platform of choice for recruiters and sellers. Whether you're doubling down on business development or recruiting talent, Interseller does all the heavy lifting of finding contact data, automating the email and follow-up process, and syncs all that rich data into 20-plus CRM and ATS platforms. Reach out now and get going on a two-week free trial and let them know you heard about it from Adam on the podcast today. Check out the link on the website. Appreciate it. Welcome to the podcast, where we introduce you to incredible humans who share their journeys with the mission to inspire you to harness your own inner tenacity to drive your life and career forward. And now, your host, Adam Posner. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the podcast where I bring you the best and the brightest from the world of business, marketing, and podcasting to help you harness your inner tenacity to drive your career forward. Folks, this is my first, nope, you're not the first third time guest. Joe Mullings is a third time guest, but third time back. And what do they say, Hala? Third time's a charm? Third time is a charm. I am thrilled to welcome my guest, Hala Taha. And if you guys do not know her, you must be living under a rock at this point. She is the host of the Young and Profiting Podcast. She is one of my best old school podcast buddies. And I am thrilled that we are here together today in person. Hala, what's up? Nothing. You know, these conversations are always so much fun. So I'm just looking forward to chat. I can't wait what you're going to ask me. Since this is round three, you're going to probably have to go deep, I think. Yeah, and, and we've spent a lot of time talking about podcasting, but what I would like to do today is really talk about you. And I'm thrilled that we're here in person and we could have a, a personal conversation. You're so generous with your time and your knowledge and you share so much with everybody. We've talked about the abundance model. We talked about the idea of collaborating over compete, but I want to spend some time and talk about the last 18 months of the pandemic because you've okay. gone through a lot in the last 18 months. Yeah, it's been a tough time. Perf- tough, the worst year of my life and the best year of my life. So, you know, I want to I want to talk about the worst stuff. And I, I know from your content and how much you talk about how important your dad was and, and deeply sorry for your loss there. Um, take us back to that. That was early in the pandemic. Oh, my gosh. Great question. And really, I always wonder, why doesn't more people ask about this? Maybe people don't feel comfortable. And because we know each other, you feel like comfortable enough to ask but you know my dad was suffering from diabetes and anybody who knows anything about covid diabetes and covid do not mix right and so um, my dad was suffering from diabetes around january he was getting like you know he had ulcers on his feet he had this to get his toe- january 2019 january okay. 2020 okay january 2020 yes. the start of the year um that was right when people first started to talk about COVID in China. Correct. And everybody kind of felt like we were immune to it in America. And so my dad had to get his toe amputated. We were in the hospital in and out. He was having to go to hyperbaric treatments to get oxygen therapy. So even before COVID, my year was like, you know, I was working at Disney. I would be working this corporate job. I was running a big podcast. I would work on my podcast in the morning. I would go to work. I would do an interview during lunch typically. Then I would go take a bus because I didn't have a car because I was in the city to my dad in the hospital and like do that like three, four times a week, right? So it was a really tough, busy time. Um, By like late January, I was already worried about COVID. And so I was like, 
one of the first people in my circles at my job wearing a mask on the train. I was super I safe. I remember that, yeah. I didn't want, I didn't want my parents to get, I was telling everybody like, don't go out. Like there's something going on. Like we're not getting the full story. And I was really paranoid, which is really funny that like me being the most paranoid one. Are you not normally the paranoid one? No. Yeah. And I just had this intuition that like this is going to impact my life like crazy and I need to like protect myself. So I was crazy. I was wearing a mask on the train before anyone was wearing a mask. Right. People were just like looking at you and saying, who's this crazy girl? Who's this crazy person, right? Then um, fast forward to like March, things are getting crazy. Disney says employees go home. Um me and my boyfriend are bunkering up in Brooklyn. We're going to the grocery store and I'm looking crazy going to the grocery store. Gloves, sunglasses, covering my hair, like just so OD about not getting sick. I did not want to get COVID. That was like my, I was not about playing games. And think about how little we know now still, like how how little we knew back back then. then, It was crazy. We knew nothing. We We knew this virus coming from China. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't know how it was transmitted. We didn't know about like, (sighs) it was mostly through the mouth. We didn't know anything. So you're you're, you're hunkered down with your boyfriend. Your dad is... My dad is, uh, you know, has diabetes and his, his health is already in jeopardy. So then I fast forward to like late March. I get a call from my sister. Mom and dad have COVID. I'm like, what? How'd they get Ma- it? Yeah. Well, they went to, uh, my dad was doing hyperbaric oxygen so therapy treatments for his his thing, his toe, and they caught it. And I was begging my parents, don't go anymore. Like, it's serious. You guys got to stay home. They, My mom was just trying to save my dad. So she was just like, well, we need to take, he's got something wrong. His we have toes, to take care of him. We have to take care of him. So they ended up getting, uh, they both got COVID. My brother was home with them. He got COVID. And my sister's like, we got to go home. Like, you've got a few minutes to pack. Little did I know that I wouldn't be back seeing my boyfriend for three months. Mm. So I literally packed a bag in two hours and willingly went and got COVID. I don't think many people can say that. You went to get it, not knowing what would happen to you, just so you could be with your family. So, I so you went from take you went from doing everything to avoid it to knowing that you are going to get it. Yeah. And not knowing how it's going to affect you. Yeah. But you knew that you had to be at that moment you parked everything else, every responsibility in life to say what most important now is I need to be with my family. I was just like, you know what? This might be the, my my I, I have no idea if my both my parents were going to die. I didn't know. It's scary shit. It was scary as hell. My parents are older. We're not and, getting any younger. And, and I was just like, and I'm also, I was so scared to get COVID myself even. I was just like, what am I even putting myself through? But I was like, what are the other options to let my parents, like, who's going to take care of them? So me and my sister went and uh, I remember walking to the house and this is a little gross, but I remember walking inside the house and being like, it smells like people are sick. It just and I was had like, that, that, that six, sick. Six, six stench and i was like oh my god what did i get into so i went from being an executive at disney to my role in the house for those two weeks was uh janitor caregiver and my sister is a doctor so she was she was playing doctor i was janitor so your sister's a doctor and she was a sister of a family married kids my sister has a boyfriend but neither of us are married or have kids so so your sister was there and she's a doctor and she had some intel of what was happening and she still willingly yeah, I mean, she, we, we didn't no, have a choice. We didn't have a choice. The last thing we wanted to do was send anybody to the hospital. So let's fast forward. How quickly did your dad, uh, you know, go down? So my dad was sick for about a week and a half. And it was literally the worst week and a half of my life. 
because we had no idea about COVID or whatever, me and my sister were sleeping in the basement. I didn't even want to go upstairs and get my blankets and stuff. I literally was using, I was sleeping on the couch with an old ass blanket, uh-huh. uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, for dinner. We wore a mask all day, just taking care of our parents. And I'd go down midnight, have s- anything that I could eat that I felt was clean. Everything felt dirty. I was like, what am I, I'm going to die. Like, this is crazy. Like, I, that's scary. That's it was scar- so scary. That's, it's the, it's the, the, the fear of the, the unknown. And tell, tell us a little bit like, you know, you're, you're talking to your dad and, and your parents have been through it, right? They emigrated here, correct? Yeah. So they've, you know, they've seen a lot of, of, bad shit in their life too and conflict talk to us about those 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 last few conversations that you had with your dad those real like you know meaningful ones what were those like well like covid made my dad so sick so it's like my dad was like silent like he just stopped talking went inside i don't know what it was was. like he just just like it just like turned him into like sort of like not like a vegetable but like he was just silent which not not himself he's usually very like he's a very generous happy smart guy and he was just so quiet, so weak. Um, you know, we had to like spoon feed him. Like he was just really deteriorating. Like I don't even. There's a lot of stuff like I can't even say. Like that. Like, just like really bad things that me, and my brother, and my sister like witnessed, which we should have never witnessed with our father, especially for such a guy who was so strong. But it's like we had to do it. We had to be there for him. And. Um, then I remember it just got so bad where we, we tried to buy an oxygen machine. We did not want him to go to the hospital because we knew if we went to the hospital, there was no visiting rights. You knew you were, there was a chance you'd never see him again. I never, and that's what and happened. And that was the reality. We were watching the Literally news at the time happened. and we are hearing the horror stories of people who were mildly sick and then it progressed quickly and they went to the hospital and they would, they would die alone. The, if they're lucky, exactly, they would get a FaceTime or a phone call beforehand. And that's exactly what happened. So there was at one point, my dad just wasn't getting enough oxygen. And we're like, there's nothing we can do anymore. We're literally, you're going to die here if we don't send you to the hospital. And you have a chance if you go to the hospital. And I remember them wheeling him away and him being like, this is going to be the last time you guys see me. And he was so upset. And we were so upset. And they just wheeled him off. And that's literally the last time I saw him alive. And then the hospital was so overwhelmed that they were so mean to me and my sister we wanted to like they were so mean about us seeing him on zoom we were like we we bought we we gave them an ipad and was like please just set this up for us we just want to be able to talk they're so overwhelmed they're not they're not they and i and i and i understand that i forgive them you know but we did everything to like get on we bought them lunch we bought all the nurses lunch every single day just so that they would let us see my dad on zoom and, and turn the camera on right and I, I remember like, you know, my job wasn't that, which is one of the reasons why I was so fine with quitting my job is because like I felt like I really wasn't supported during this time. They weren't giving what you I needed. was still working and like my dad would be like freaking unconscious on Zoom and I'd be like in a meeting and my dad actually passed away while I was working, you know? And so I just, just so what, many regrets. What, what is... Take us back to that last good memory you have of your dad, because that's that's what you need to hold on to. I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know at this point, Hala. But what, what was what was that last really good conversation that you had with him that sticks with you? Mm. <laughs> My dad was so proud of me, and you know he is now. Yeah, I mean, look at the success that you've had, and you talk about this a lot. There's, we call them silver linings. And the last 18 months have been freaking crazy. And you have taken 
this pain and suffering and you flipped it around and you've harnessed it and you've turned it into something that's incredibly beautiful. And I'm lucky that I've had a front row seat to your success Thank and it's you. been incredible to watch. Um, there's been some other losses during the, the COVID too. Talk to us a little bit about what happened with your relationship. Yeah. So it's so funny. So when my dad passed away, um, while he was in the hospital, I had the idea to start Yap Media my marketing agency. And I was living in my mom's house because I got COVID. And at the time, because I got COVID, I was like, you know, most people didn't get COVID yet. So people were really scared to hang out with me, including my boyfriend. I mean, to a certain point, rightfully so. Rightfully so. I had no hard feelings, but I was alone. I had a lot of time. And I was like, well, what am I gonna do with all this time? Well, just make some money, right? I'll start a business. Why not? So I started this business and um, my dad was a huge motivator because I realized that life is finite. I also feel like, you know, he always believed in me and my parents were really supportive and I just had the right foundation in that moment living at home again for the first time in a long time it's, to start a business. It's crazy how the universe works. Like you were... the. It was it was a mix of, of, of that pain and the ultimate suffering, and that you 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 flipped the script and you 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 harness that energy and and you reversed it. Exactly, and it's like I just utilized what I had, which was time and knowledge and support. I had a had team of volunteers as well. Yeah. I had ten volunteers working for me, and I was like, okay, I'm going to start this business. So Let's I see started, where it goes. Yeah, I started Heather Monahan's videos. She's a huge influencer on LinkedIn. That turned into managing everything for her. Then I landed another huge client, Jason Waller, who's the CEO of the fastest growing private company in America. And uh, one thing led to another. And all of a sudden, I had 35 employees slash contractors. It's crazy how who, that works. Who worked for me while I was still working a full-time job. So so going back to it, what what happened with your boyfriend? You know, three months is a, is a long time. And, and how long were you dating before? We've been together months? for 12 years. And 12, whoa, 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 12 years. How old do you met him? 20. Right, okay. So 12 years is a long time. Now you would think that a relationship could survive, especially in these unforeseen circumstances, three months apart. But yeah, it, was hard. it had to be hard. It, the, it the, was the hard. Physical, the physical dependency, the emotional dependency. Well, we ended up, so we didn't break up during those three months. We actually tried to move to get, we moved to Montauk, New York. So we were in Brooklyn. And when we were in this little Brooklyn apartment, we got along great. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Like we, we had a perfect life. We were so happy. Then we moved to Montauk and miserable. I mean, I was just in Montauk this weekend. I'll tell you one thing. I had some pretty damn good lobster rolls. But what was it about that? Was it was it too much of a departure from the hustle and grind was, of familiarity was, of New York City? Well, it was having to work together all day. And um, he just wasn't cool with it. He was resentful that I had to work from home. And he didn't... Uh, he's in the music business, correct He's in the wrong? music business, yeah. He felt like t me taking calls all day was very distracting for him. He's an artist. Um, and we just butt heads because he was not supportive of me uh, starting this business. He felt like I was ruining my life um, starting a new career. Why do you think he wasn't supportive? 
Did, did this did this bring out things that you're almost looking back on it now glad that this happened because it brought out now because you imagine correct me if I'm wrong spending the rest of your life with this person yeah I mean I still and, don't know what's gonna happen because I feel like we're such like lovebirds we've been together for so long so like I still I don't know if I don't know if we're really over or not I think that we are we might be on a break we're both you know talking to therapists and trying to get better and mentally healthy but COVID broke us for sure and right. um it was really hard for me because I sacrificed a lot. And one of the reasons why I took a four-year break from entertainment, like my boyfriend met me when I was working at Hot 97, when I almost had a show on MTV. Like he was with me through all of that. Yeah, the highs, blind. yeah. So he was with me through my entertainment career and he's the one that pushed me to go to corporate because he was like, look, entertainment has chewed you in and spit you out. Go like have an easier job. Like yeah, you don't need easier. to do this. Going to corporate. Yeah. And then when I was, when I wanted to go back to my dreams, he had a big problem about it because he felt like he helped me. He's just like, you're an executive now. You're making, you know, almost 200 grand a year at Disney. How dare you quit your job? Like we got you to here. Why would you do that and risk it all? And he just didn't believe that I could do it. He, he, and I don't think he was trying to be mean. He was trying to protect me. There's a balance there between the intention behind it. I mean, if you genuinely feel that he was doing it because he wanted to protect you versus being resentful, I mean, there's a big difference there. And I mean, do you feel that you guys are on the path to be back together at some point? I mean, is he is he is he is he dating other people? I mean, is he doing his thing? Are you doing your thing? I've been dating other people. So I've been doing my own thing because I feel like I was neglected for the last we haven't seen each other in eight months. And listen, listen, Holly, you're with somebody for 12 years, right? You can't be eating steak every night for dinner. Yeah. You got to see what else is on the menu out there. So let me let me ask you this. How how does one go about dating Hala? Like are you doing the on <laughs> I'm serious about this. Like is it an on is it are you doing like the online thing? Are you being introduced to people? What's it like first of all, what's it like dating during COVID? Well, I haven't been like dating like crazy. And um you know, I, I'm not like on those online apps. I'm just right. meeting people that I already know. Like it's either people I already know or friends of friends. Right. But I'm just going on dates. Like um, there's like one guy that I'm talking to more seriously than, than another. But I, I feel like I need some time. I feel like my some next space. relationship, I really want it to be my forever. I'm a very loyal person. Yeah. And so like I always thought I was going to be with Rory. And like I literally... He's really successful and like part of that is because of me. Because I was there supporting him. Supporting him, making him dinner, driving like it. doing whatever so that he could be successful. And then now I feel like, well, what did I get out of that? There's there's a real power to, you know, I'm I'm lucky, you know, my my wife and I are both successful. We support each other, we drive each other. When you're, you know, when when you're thinking about dating, I mean, cuz you are fire. You have a tenacity, you have a drive behind you. You know, what is it that you're looking for when, when you're, you know, when you're dating? You know, what are some of those things that really, you know, excite you? And we're not talking physically, right? Like, what are those personality traits that gets Hala excited? I feel like I'm so hardworking and I'm so, like, knowledgeable in my space that I really want somebody who's really, really successful and hardworking and who has already accomplished a lot. And I feel like for me... That is the number one thing. And I know that might sound, I hope that doesn't sound shallow, but it's only because I feel like I've achieved and I just want somebody who matches my, who could match me and my ambition. And and 
that's why I'm so attracted to my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend, because he's really successful and really smart and really hardworking. And I get it's it. like that's like my perfect guy. I mean, you think about it, this stage of, of your of your life, you know, it's you want that forever person. You want that person. And, you know, if it's meant, I, I mean, I seriously mean this, like if it's meant to be, um, you, you know, it's meant to be. So I want to circle back and talk a little bit about, I said we're not going to talk about podcasting, but I do want to talk about growing a business because it's been okay. incredible here. Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Do you ever feel that you scaled too much too quickly? Oh, yes. Yes, I do. Yeah. I mean, um, everything has been going so amazing and I don't regret a thing. But you have to imagine I only was an entrepreneur starting from this February. Yeah. And my company is, it hasn't even been a year. Yeah. And the growth of my company has been so insane. It is just sometimes, it's just sometimes I'm on top of the world. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I need to crawl in a hole and like die right now because it's, it's just so much. I get it. And just training the team. And the more that I'm out of the process, so it's like I'm the CEO, right? right. I've got managers who are leading teams and there's uh, social accounts. You built the infrastructure. And, you yeah, built the organization. Because you total- know you've been there. I mean, you think about the organizations you worked at. You think about Disney. I mean, it's a huge company. So you understand what infrastructure and management looks like. Exactly. But as you get bigger and bigger, it's like I'm starting to not know the employees. I'm starting to not train them myself. And more mistakes are happening and we need more operations support and and we're working on all of that but it just it just went from being like this crazy well-oiled machine to all of a sudden i'm like oh my god well, there's all these cracks that i need to plug and that, that that's been the most difficult part th- that's the thing dude because there, there's the the draw i mean there was a point in may where my business had never been bigger and i found the point like you talked about before where things were slipping through the cracks because i wasn't able to have my finger on control and quality control. We've had this conversation offline. Yeah. Well, you and I talk business offline and I'm like, hey, Holla, do you see this? Do you see that? And you weren't aware about that. And it, it's hard. You can't be everywhere at all times. But you have to remember at the end of the day, it's your company and it's and your brand reputation. out there. Exactly. So I found for me that there's a balancing act between, yes, I want to scale and get to a certain point, but also there's there's there has to be that manageable control and finding that balance there. And the biggest thing is trust. How, how have you found... I mean, have you always been able to trust others to to do something with your name on it? Or did that take a little bit of time to like relinquish control? Well, the thing is, is that I trained the first set of people myself. Right. The way really, you would really do it. Well. I would do it first. Yeah. I would have them practice. I would approve it. I would revise it. Whereas like my VP of social is Kate, who literally started with me as an intern and is my mini me. Yeah. I mean, so that's it's a like, quick, that's a quick promotion from intern to VP. Intern to VP yeah, in that. one year. Cause she's so good, you know, and, and she really knows my voice and she can write on my behalf. And mm. I, I know that she can represent me. So I think if you're able to train somebody really well, then it's way easier. But for me now, it's like, how do I maintain that quality when I'm not the one? Like, cause as it kind of just, it's like, playing telephone a bad game of telephone oh i know and especially in kobo it's all remote exactly you're so, managing a remote team i think you i think you met kate for the first time in person at, 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 at podcast movement, movement yeah. in nashville just a, a week ago so it's just but that's that's how crazy everything's growing so yes. fast you know and there's so much opportunity but like for example to mitigate what's going on i didn't take a new client for two months and i told everybody i can't take new clients i have to fix i have i have to, have to get your house in order Get my house in order. So I yeah. didn't take new clients for two months. We're just now opening the door for new clients. And, and you talked before about 
you know, smart outsourcing, we talk about all the time and, and you've talked enough about that, but how do you internally say, you know what, I'm not good at finance, I'm not gonna do this, I'm not, you know, gonna do that versus the things that you really wanna control? What's kind of that, do you have like an internal process or is it more just like a, of a gut feeling, quick decision, I'm gonna do it? Anything that I feel like nobody else is equally as equipped to do or 80%, I delegate. And That's I have I no problem delegating. Right. Anything that I feel like I will do significantly better than everyone else or that I will like land a deal, anything that's like directly with a client or a new client to monetize something or create a new revenue stream or make a really good impression, I've got to do. How do you balance folks that want to deal directly with holla holla versus holla corporate? Right, because I Almost I find that all my clients want holla. I get this all the, I get this all the time because I am I am a recruiter by trade. You are an incredible graphic, right? You could you said you always said you could Copyright, outdesign it. I'm the best copywriter and yeah. the best graphic designer. I feel the team. same way too, but you can't. We, that's not scalable. Can't right, and it's also it's just not a, it's not a good business model. And the problem I have all the time with recruiting is sometimes I do such a good job of selling myself, and I have to be mindful of selling the business model. So that clients don't come in and expect Adam to do the day-to-day -day recruiting. They're going to get the team. Has that, has that been hard, that part of the, yeah, of the business? Yeah, a lot dev? of the clients really, really want my personal time. Thank God we have a very white glove service. So I only have 12 clients. So if 12 people are calling me here and there, not a big you deal. You can manage it. But it's not going to scale this way. And so we do need to create more personalities within the company that people feel comfortable with. And people just need to be trained up. Like now, for instance, like a lot of my clients are fine dealing with Kate because they know that she's second best and right. she's great and, and she's just as talented as me and, and in terms of her, her skills in marketing. Um, but it's like I need to create my little mini-me's in every part of the business. Right, but then you also want to empower them to be themselves at some point and, and it's tricky too. Do you feel like you need to make a more senior hire? I've been making a lot more senior hires. Yeah. So it's like now for a long time, we only recruited internally and we just have an intern program where we would just basically hire the best interns out of the program. Now we're, we're like putting out JDs. We need four years of experience, five years of experience. We're hiring advisors. So That's we've got big. lots of advisors. Like we have a advisory PR, board. We have, a, we have like four advisory people who are like in their 50s, you know, so way more experienced. And I can't be like the one of the oldest people on the team anymore, you know? No, it's true. And let's talk about that for a minute. One of the, one of the keys to my success is building a tribe of mentors um, with intention. Everyone around me is in a circle. And I talk a lot about like Joe Mullings, for example, is my rec recruiting icon, but also media. Who have you surrounded yourself with and how'd you go about developing those relationships? Yeah. So there's, there's a bunch of people who really have helped me in my business. The first is actually somebody who's younger than me and his name is Timothy Tan and he's my business partner and he's been with me since episode number two. So Tim was just like my right hand. Yeah. He started doing graphics for me. Then it moved on to teaching me about Slack. I didn't even know Slack existed. Uh, HP the didn't use Slack when I, it was huh? four years ago, right? So Slack wasn't as big. He taught me about Slack. He taught me about LinkedIn automation. So he was a great mentor. Then Jordan Harbinger is... Um, He's an icon of mine. He's an icon. And I got my foot in the door by doing work for free for him. I told him, hey, do you need any ad scripts? Power, I'll write your ads. The power of free work. So I, I just did favors for him. I would get featured in a magazine and I would put my favorite podcaster, Jordan. Then I'd hit him up. Hey, I put you in my magazine uh, feature, you know. Yeah. And so I just kept doing things like that. I put him on a playlist that I had that I was sponsored for. And then I kept just 
Smart. Being in his ear. And then finally, he's like, let's take a call. Let's see how we can work together. Now we're doing media buying together. Mm -hmm. We're business partners. He talks to me every day. He's in my Slack channel. He's an official advisor of Yap. It's right. like amazing. And it's all because I was willing to give and not ask for anything in return for a long and, time. And that's and that's a huge piece for everyone listening out there. And I think that's a big problem right now is everyone's so transactional and me, me, me and short-sighted and the value of giving before asking, giving 100%. before taking and the value of long-term relationships and what they mean and, 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 and how they build. What's, what's the next big kind of goal that you want to get to? I mean, you mentioned that you're kind of putting... We're gonna we're gonna stop here at X amount of clients. We need to get our our house in order. Oh, I'm but, so excited! But what's the what's the future? What's well, the future of yeah, I'm media? I'm so excited! I'm starting a podcast network. There we go. I'm starting. So for those who are not network. familiar with a podcast network, um, give everyone a, just a quick kind of high level, you know, TLDR. What is a podcast network, and what's some of the benefits about being in one? Well, I think that there's many different types, but for the most part, a podcast network is an umbrella of podcasts that is represented by one group that might do like your audio editing or maybe support you with marketing, um, help you grow your show, and then of course sell ads on your show and they the network will take a percentage of Correct. those ads. So I am starting a podcast network. I already service like six podcasts and I've grown their shows significantly where there's two other podcasts that are as big as mine under the App Media Network already who are That's ready great to, to see. Yeah. And I've gotten them number one in their respective categories and everything. And um, I've made all these inroads to monetize my own podcast where I have all these relationships with ad agencies. I just got signed to Megaphone, which is enterprise hosting uh, owned by Spotify. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to move on to Megaphone. There you go. And um, signing my first two podcasts. That's exciting. I'm so excited. And we're just starting a network. It's like the new phase of Yap. It's Yap Media Networks. So. And I mean, podcasting has, has grown leaps and bounds. And I mean, podcasting has been around for a, a long time, but it's really in the last few years that it's, you know, really um, exploded and you, and you found your niche. And, I believe that everything happens for a reason. And I believe that you manifest your destiny. When you when you look back on these last 18 months and, and you, you have a moment to pause and really think about it and let it settle in, what does that what does that feel like? Where you're at right now? Where's your head at? My head is out like I can't believe this is real life. I can't believe that every day I get to work on my passion, that I get to be so creative, that there's so much opportunity, like whether it's starting this network and um, whether it's start, uh, writing a book in my future, I still haven't done a course. Like there's so many things to tackle. A book. And it's yeah. just, it's so cool to think that like I've did it. I have a company. It's mine. I own it. Nobody can take it away from me. Do you know how many things have been taken away from me in my life? where I was supposed to get an opportunity that I, I've been working for, working for, working for, that somebody took away. But this is yours and you this built it and you own, you own it. And so like this is the difference. It's like when it was mine, I could take it to the top. And it's like I did that. I owned it. I worked for Isn't it. Isn't it the best freaking feeling in the world? And I feel the same way, Hala. Like you and I, like we built this ourselves. No one helped us. You know what I no mean? Investments, we, no investments. No investments. Like, like we built this ourselves. We made it happen. And I truly believe that like, I'm the only one that made this shit happen. Like you, you thank yourself for this, and that's something to be proud of. And I think that's really the the fuel and the fire here. What's more important to you, success or fame? Success, I think. Like if you go back to your hot ninety seven days, correct me if I'm wrong. And like I'm sure you wanted to be famous back then. Yeah. Right. 
So how much does that change now? I mean, I want to be famous for the right reasons. I want to be famous because I want other young women and ethnic women to be like, oh, that person looks like me and I can do it too. I want to be famous for that reason. Not because I want people to love me or want the attention. It's more like I feel like I actually have a lot to teach people and then I can inspire other people to follow their dreams. And I don't. I don't know any other girl who's my age who's doing the st- stuff that I'm no, doing. No, you're you're and crushing I'm, it, and I think you're you're a role model for so many. And it's just been it's just been amazing to watch, and I applaud you for that. So thank you. you know, fun stuff here. You know, with success comes financial success too. And you know, what has been one of those indulgent purchases that you said, you know, fuck it, I'm I'm buying this, I want it. I bought. Oh my god, it's I've okay. Been, yeah. Okay, so first of all, now. All my clothes and stuff is tax deductible because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Drop that business card on because, everything. Honestly, yeah. because it's part of my job. Uh, content is part of my job. I'm a personality. I'm in this industry. And so I've been buying. It's so I was telling my mom the other day because she always uh, gives me guilt. She's like, you're buying so much clothes. Like, don't Mom's you feel business. guilty? And I'm like, mom, like. If this photo goes viral, I'm gonna make a get a new client, make a whole ton of money. It's part of my brand. I'm trying to help to her understand, it but they don't. They're from a different of time course. era. But anyway, back to your question. I bought a Chanel bag, and you earned it, and you deserve it. I bought a Chanel bag on my own. My boyfriend used to always buy me my designer bags, and I was like, you know what? I'm kind of single, I guess. Yeah. No one's gonna be buying me this designer bag except for myself, and, and that's I, fine. And it's treat yourself. It. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I, I think that there's, there's, you have to treat yourself. You have to reward yourself. Yes, there's a balance of savings. And, you know, for me, my biggest, I'd say payoff is I, I paid off my credit card debt. That's amazing. I was able to do that on, on one big deal. One big transaction came through and it, I was like, screw this debt. I don't oh, want it anymore amazing. in my life. And, and, it, and it felt really good here. Um, I'm trying to go back to the date the last time we talked, but certainly a lot has changed. And I want to ask a question that I asked, you know, 18 months ago when we last spoke. But what what really has been, you know, that real, true, positive silver lining during this pandemic for you? Aside from the growth of your company, let's talk about your personal growth. We know the growth of Yap. That's a silver lining. I guess I've, I've stepped into my own power. I think that is exactly what happened. Because I had a, I've been in all these situations where like I was working for someone else. My partner was controlling me too much in terms of like what my career was, what he thought I could do. And I was, it was all about him and not about me. But it's like, I have a lot to share to the world. I'm supposed to be a star too. You know what I mean? I was always, I was always supposed to be that. That was my destiny. And I think just like actually owning that and being able to step in my power is why everything just escalated this year is because I was like not going to just let anybody tell me no. And I just did it and owned it. I love it. it. I love it. And I think the reason that you and I are attracted to each other as friends and as as contemporaries in this podcast space is because you and I both have this fire. We both have this tenacity where we set out on something. We go ahead. We do it. We put our mind to it and we fucking make shit happen. Right. And that's something that I love about you, that you always make shit happen. And those are people that get things done in life. And those are things that open up conversations. And those are things that open up opportunities. And it's amazing when you take control of your own destiny, everything, everything opens up. Yeah. 
It's, it's absolutely magical. And last but not least, you know, I've asked you this question a couple of times before. Has your compass, has your North Star changed in the last 18 months? Um, I don't think so. I don't think it's changed so much. I think I always had the end destination in mind. And I, I'm actually very bad at like visualizing more than like five years ahead. I actually have a hard time because I'm very, I feel like the reason why I'm successful is because I'm very much like what needs to be done now or like next month, next three years maybe. But anything further than that gets really cloudy for me because I don't know. How can we even think about it in this How day and age? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what the new thing is going to be, but I can pivot quickly. Clubhouse came and went. I rocked it and, you know, in and cashed out. in, cashed out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, I'm okay to pivot when things come my way. But I have no idea. I don't want to think that far ahead. I hear you on Because that. I just feel like things, so much can change. I just feel like what's in front of me now? How can I be present? How can I make the most out of what's happening right now? So in terms of like that, um, you know, me wanting to be the biggest female podcaster in the world, that's still true. Me wanting to build a huge marketing agency, that's still true. Now I want to build the biggest podcast network and the best one in the world, right? So those are my yeah. goals. I don't think they've changed too much. And that's and that's incredible. Um, leave us all, leave everyone out there because you, you, you are an inspiration. And you, and you really are. And you're doing things the right way. And it's been incredible to watch there too. But any, any, any you know, female out there, who's maybe struggling in business, maybe struggling to break through, who's being held down by so many different awful reasons in this world, what what advice would you give her to really help her break through and, and climb up? Skills. You got to get the skills. You got to get the experience. I think there's a lot of people who want to do big things in the world and they have the right ambitions and they have the drive, they have the motivation, but they don't have the skills. Upskill. And... You get the skills by doing, having experiences. So taking that internship mm -hmm. that you thought you were too old for or too good for, um, getting that maybe that lower paying job that's going to actually teach you the nitty gritty skills, having a passion project that just teaches you the skills, building a side hustle. You got to get the skills. And I, I think that that like people think that this success that I had was really overnight and like. No, like I had. You only see the tip of the iceberg. Exactly. It's like I've had seven years of corporate marketing experience. I was an intern for three years. Then I was an intern again. Like I had all this retail experience. Like all of that stacked up my skills were now like nobody could do marketing better than me. Nobody can do podcasting better than me because I actually have the skills. I don't just like talk it. I did it. Yeah. Right. So it's get the, truth. the skills. That's truth right there. Hal, I want to thank you so much for they say third time's a charm. If anybody doesn't know where to find Holla, where could they find you? You can find me on youngandprofiting.com. You can find Young and Profiting Podcast on your favorite podcast player. I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram at Yap with Holla. So this has been great. We talked about a lot of stuff today. We talked about the last 18 months. Um, your dad is definitely looking down on you and not just proud of you. He's, he's keeping an eye on you. And he's the wind in your sail. And I know that for sure. And, and you make him proud every single day. And I want everyone, if you don't know Hala, definitely connect with her. She's awesome. Check out Young and Profiting Podcasts. Little Birdie told me that I might be a guest on there one day soon. And um, I just thank you. I thank you for always keeping it real with me. And no matter how big you get, don't forget about the little guys um, over here. And always continue to keep it real. 
Keep your North Star in focus. And I want to thank you so much. And everyone listening or watching us right now, you know where to find out more at thepodcast.com. Follow us on the social media channels. If you like this show, leave a review rating. It goes a long way. Remember, take care of each other. Look out for one another. And catch us next week for another great episode of The Podcast. Take care, everybody. Wisdom is forever. But for us, it's time to go. Thank you for joining us. Luckily, we'll be back with our next episode soon, jam-packed with more incredible humans. Thank you for listening, subscribing, and sharing. To join the conversation, search The Pausecast on LinkedIn. And to catch up on past episodes and more info, please visit www.thepausecast.com.